You're listening to the Fellowship on Broadway podcast from First Baptist Nashville. The uh, the, the last couple of weeks, and and, and I, I appreciate the songs that, that Jason chose this morning to talk about surrender, because that's really a theme that's kind of arisen out of these texts that we've been studying in, in the book of Acts, um, whether it was the 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 conversion of Saul and the surrender that we saw take place in his life or the people of God as, as, as Peter's uh, crazy evacuation or, or escape from prison and how they continued to surrender through prayer. Um, that's, a, that's an ongoing theme. We see time and time again that for the earliest followers of Jesus, these ones who really were getting this movement started, that um, they made a, a intentional, significant and intentional decisions to continually surrender their lives to the lordship of Christ, that they were they they were thinking about that, they were aware of that, they were intentional with that, and that when they did that, powerful things happened. That's the that's the story we keep seeing over and over and again. And so I would argue that based on our study of the Book of Acts um, these past few months, that this this movement that we are part of called Christianity, that the um, default setting, so to speak. You know, you buy something and it has like the default settings that it comes with, a gadget or something like that. The default setting of someone in this community of, of Christians is complete surrender of one's way of life to the way of Jesus. Complete surrender of one's way of life to the way of Jesus. It's not just, just faith or, or belief. It's, it's giving everything we have fully to Jesus. That is the default position. That is the default setting of what it means to be a Christ follower is complete surrender, fully committed to it. And the problem with that is that, as you well know, because you're breathing, that's not easy, is it? It's it's challenging to, to give ourselves completely and fully to something in a world where we have so many distractions and so many things that compete for our time and our energy, right? Like, they don't call it the narrow way for nothing. It's, it's challenging. It's difficult. This is a big ask to really be, be involved. We, we all have responsibilities. Whether you're a, a kid who has homework to do or you're an adult who has a job and a mortgage to pay, we have, we have responsibilities. We have, we have distractions. We have, um, you know, we have our families, and we have, not that they're distractions, but sometimes we have our families, and we have our jobs, and we have um, all of the different responsibilities and the distractions that come our way. We have hobbies. We have interests. We have passions. These are all things that I think are, are in a way, competing for our time, competing for our focus, right? We all like to watch TV, right? We, like, we just want to sit on the couch and veg out. But I don't know about you, but I feel this tension in my own life when, when all of these things are on my, my to-do list. I, and I, I look at my calendar so often. I've shared that with you before. I have this to-do list that I check things off every week. And then on Monday, I uncheck them, all the ones that I have to do again this week. And so many times that rules my life. And I find that this idea of complete surrender, this default setting that we see in the scriptures is, is not necessarily my default setting. Because my default setting is the way of the calendar instead of the way of Jesus. My default setting is the way of Tim instead of the way of Jesus. And it, and, it, and it makes sense then that in that place that I start to look around and go, is this all there is, Lord? Is this, is this the abundant life that you promised me? The life where I'm unchecking boxes on Monday morning for all the things that I have to do again? Is, is this what it really is supposed to be? And so before we dive into scripture this morning, I, I want to offer you a couple of quotes from... Um, uh, two of my favorite theologians that I think will help us kind of 
flesh this out a little bit and wrap our minds around uh, what I'm trying to get at. Um, the first is, is a man named Dallas Willard. For most, it is a considerable test of faith to take control of how they spend their time. Putting time-tested biblical disciplines for the spiritual life into sensible practice will soon lead us into an abundance of the life that is eternal in quality and power. So he's saying it's, it's difficult to do this, but when we take control of our time, when we surrender ourselves fully to the, the disciplines, the spiritual disciplines that were taught and exemplified, embodied by, the, by Jesus himself, that's what we're talking about, by living the way Jesus taught us to live is what? It's discipleship. It's following Jesus. When we, when we grab a hold of our lives and say, I'm going to be a disciple of Jesus, I'm going to give myself to this way of life that he described, it says then we're able to tap into that abundant life that Jesus promised. Not, not prosperous. That's not what this is about. It's about abundance. It's about the full life that God has for us. That's how we're to do that. And so, so the second quote is from Eugene Peterson talking about what this discipleship looks like. What does it look like? Christian discipleship is a decision to walk in his ways steadily and firmly and then finding that the way integrates all of our interests, passions, and gifts, our human needs and eternal aspirations. It is the way of life we were created for. So what... What Dallas Willard is saying is it takes work to get into this way of discipleship. And then Eugene Peterson says, when we do that, when we implement this into our life, when we, when we do the hard work of that, what we find is that it unlocks this thing inside of us, this thing that we were created for. That it helps us live the life that we were called to live, which is a life where we follow Jesus. We live the way he lives. We lived the way he taught us to live. So I'm going to do something. I'm going to give you the main point of this sermon before I really even get started, okay? The life we are created for is a life surrendered to the way of Jesus. Out of all the things that we do and all the to-do lists and all the responsibilities and all of the hobbies and all the activities that we have, the life that we are created for at the core of who we are is a life that is surrendered to the way of Jesus. When we find ourselves in that way, we find ourselves in the rhythm of living the way he taught us to live. I'm talking about this, the spiritual rhythms, the dynamics of life being surrendered to Jesus. That is what we were created for and that is where we find abundant life and that is where we find um, ourselves coming alive and we stop asking the questions, is this all there is? Because we go, oh my gosh, this is all there is. The life we are created for is a life surrendered to the way of Jesus. And, and my, my proposition to you this morning is this, that one of the best ways for us to get into that rhythm, to get into that committed um, lifestyle of living the way of Jesus, is to turn our focus away from ourselves and turn our focus onto others, particularly in serving others. That's why we have these mission encounters and we tell you about these organizations, not because they're great people, which they are, and not because they're doing great things, which they do, but because it unlocks the true way of life that we're supposed to live, which is not focused on myself, but focused on others. It's giving my life because that's what Jesus talked about. That's what Jesus taught, and that's the way Jesus lived. So if you would, turn with me to Romans chapter 12. Read verse 1 to start. I appeal to you, therefore, brothers and sisters, by the mercies of God, to present your bodies as a living sacrifice, holy and acceptable to God, which is your spiritual worship. It's important to note that chapter 12 of Romans is, is a transition. The big clue there is the word therefore. What is the therefore, therefore, right? That's your Bible study tip of the day. Um, 
up until this point, Romans has been Paul, who's the guy we talked about, his conversion from Saul, uh, Paul's deep uh, theological discourse about the saving grace of God through the work of Christ. You've heard of the Romans road. That's what Paul's doing up until this point. He's really spelling out what he believes theologically. It's really the big Pauline treatise on, on salvation. And the next three chapters, starting here at this therefore in chapter 12, are, are going to be the focus on what it means for us to live in response to this. So he spelled it out, and now we're living in response. If this sounds familiar, that's the exact same thing that he does in the book of Ephesians. But Ephesians is three chapters, and then three chapters. So it's a little shorter in Ephesians. But it's, here's what it is. Here's all the theology. Here's the deep stuff about who Jesus is and what God's done for us. Now, this is what our lives need to look like because of that. So, so starting in verse 12, he's saying, therefore, this needs to be our response to God. Our response to what Jesus has done for us, which he calls here the mercies of God. He basically sums up everything from the first 11 chapters in Romans as the mercies of God. Our response to that is what? It's to give him our bodies as living sacrifices. And what this means is to give him our entire lives. We lay our entire lives before God as a response to what he's done for us. We give him everything. We don't just give him our faith. We don't just give him our belief. We don't just give him a couple hours on Sunday morning. We give him everything about our lives. That is what our response should be to what God has done for us through Christ. They talk about this as worship. What, what is the way to worship God? The, the New Living Translation says, what is the way to embrace what God has done for us? It's to present our bodies as a living sacrifice. The, the language there, sacrifice, you, you imagine what that looks like. It's, it's an offering before God. It's, it's surrendering it to him. Worship is not just singing, although we do that pretty well. These verses say that worship means to live lives that are fully committed to God. It's our actions. It is our words. It's how we treat our spouse, how we treat our kids, how we treat our parents. It's, it's everything we do is an act of worship to God when we understand that our lives are to be living sacrifices. It's the only right response. You, you've probably heard me say this several times because it's, it's, it's a core part of what I believe. The only right response to what Jesus has done for us is to give our whole lives to this thing. It actually belittles the reality of what Jesus has done for us when we think that the only thing we need to do is give him a couple of hours a week. It's actually belittling to him that we think it only matters what I think or what I feel about Jesus. That's really what counts. No, it's my whole life. That's what this response, that's what this, this, this love from Christ demands from us is this full response. And, and verse two of Romans 12 is so incredible because Paul immediately addresses one of the biggest challenges that we face, which we've already talked about in this mission to surrender our lives completely and fully to God. Romans 12, two, do not be conformed to this world, but be transformed by the renewal of your mind. That by testing, you may discerne what is the will of God, what is good and acceptable and perfect. Does anybody here wanna know what God's will is for their lives? Don't be conformed to this world. Be transformed by the renewing of your mind. I think this is one of those places, a lot of times you have to, you have to be careful with the Bible because a lot of it's very contextual and what they said 2,000 years ago it doesn't translate one-to-one to right now. And so you have to really dig into it. But this is one of those places where the Bible transcends time and space because conformed to this world, although it might have looked a little bit different 2,000 years ago in Rome, which is where Paul was writing this, the same idea translates to us today. We have a culture around us. 
We have a world that we live in, and the reality in both of our cases is that there is a natural tension between who we're called to be in Christ and what the world around us expects from us and what the world around us says in normal. And you know me, I'm not a culture basher by any stretch of the imagination, but there's a, there's a tension there. And if we are going to give ourselves fully to Jesus as living sacrifices, we're not going to be able to also live fully into the accepted and and natural rhythm of the culture around us. There's going to be a disconnect. It's, It's hard, let's be honest. It's hard to give yourself fully to Jesus when you're giving yourself fully to your career. It's hard to give yourself fully to Jesus when you're giving yourself fully to your hobbies or your to-do list. It's hard to give yourself fully to Jesus when you're more concerned about impressing everybody around you and getting as many likes as you can on your photos on Facebook and Instagram. There's a tension. I'm not, I'm not suggesting, hear me, okay, don't go home and say, well, Tim said I could quit my job tomorrow, so I'm gonna go and quit my job, and I'm gonna tell my kids they gotta take an Uber to soccer practice. Um, thank you. I, Lori laughed, and that was funnier than everybody else acted. Um, Here's what I'm asking you to do. I'm asking you to mine down deep a little bit and ask yourself some tough questions about your life and your priorities and your ability to surrender fully to Jesus. I'm asking you to press into this tension that is very natural between who we're called to be and what what we often live as, as normal lives and to say, is the core identity of who I am whether, you, whether you're retired, whether you're a teenager, or whether you're somewhere in between, or, or a child in this room, is the core identity of who you are, the thing that drives you, the thing that defines your life, is it something other than Jesus? Because if it is, I'm afraid that you have not given yourself to him as a living sacrifice. And, and, and I think that far too many of us, if we really examine our lives, what we're going to find is that we are living conformed to this world instead of transformed by Jesus. And it's time to give up conformed so that we can live transformed. To say, I'm going to let Jesus transform my life. And I'm going to do this difficult work, this this complicated task of piecing that together and working on it and making it the mission of my life. And this this transformed life, Paul tells us, is one that helps us discern and and know God's will for us, which we all want. We want to be in God's will. We want to to follow the way. We want to do what we're supposed to be doing. And it's when we commit to this that we begin to be able to discern that. And what I think happens when we start to discern it, so when we start adding this together, I think what happens when we really start to wrestle with this and we really start to discern what God's will for us is, we realize that what's most important is not what the world around us tells us is most important. Because, let's be honest, our culture tells us that the most important thing is us. Our culture culture tells us that the most important thing is our happiness and our success and making ourselves feel good. But when we trade conformed for transformed, we see that God's will is not for us to make much of ourselves. It's for us to make much of him and to make much of others. Love God, love people. Jesus kept going back to the well on this probably because he knew we were going to need to remind ourselves. We needed to have multiple places in Scripture where we could preach a sermon on this because it was going to be difficult. Similarly, if you, if you jump over to Galatians chapter 5, also written by Paul, he's really trying to wrestle with people to say, this is what this is about. Another church in another area struggling with some of the same things. This is really how you need to live this out. I want to read 5, 13, and 14. You were called to live, you were called to freedom, brothers and sisters. 
Big theme in Galatians is freedom. What does freedom in Christ mean? Because of what he's done for us, it sets us free. You were called to freedom, brothers and sisters. Only do not use your freedom as an opportunity for the flesh. Other translations say as an opportunity to serve yourself. But through love, serve one another. For the whole law is fulfilled in one word. You shall love your neighbor as yourself. Paul steps back and looks at all of this theologically and says, loving your neighbor as yourself is the place where we can just focus all of our time and attention right now because that's what it means to be free in Christ, is to make much of him, is to serve one another in love, to focus on others, to love your neighbor as, you, as yourself. Do you see how it, it adds up when you, when you kind of look at Paul from a wider perspective? We're getting some from Romans and some from Galatians. When, when we really let it sink in what God's done for us, Right? When we really embrace what he's done for us, Romans 12 says, the only right response is to give our entire lives to it as a living sacrifice, to really give ourselves to Jesus. And that turns into freedom, true freedom. True freedom is found in surrendering our lives to Christ. How crazy is that? To actually surrender, which we think, wave the white flag, I give up. That's a bad thing. I lost. But it's in that place that we find true freedom is in surrendering to Jesus. Freedom through surrender doesn't make sense a lot of times in our world, but it makes sense to God. I got a, I got a tattoo of the word surrender on, on my wrist. It's, it's hidden today beneath my watch band. Um, and the guy who, who did it was like really concerned that I wanted to get the word surrender tattooed on my wrist. He thought that was strange. And I'm going to be honest with you. I was 20 years old when I got it. And I got it a few days after I got dumped by a girl that I was really crazy about, and she apparently was not very crazy about me. Um, but in the process of like wrestling, it's pretty deep for a 20-year-old. In the process of wrestling with, I, I realized, how could I possibly allow myself to get so devastated by getting broken up with by a girl? And what I realized in that moment was, something is not right that this could destroy me the way it does. And so... Getting the words surrender tattooed on my wrist, and kids don't get tattoos. I know that I've got covered by so your parents don't feel like I'm telling you to get tattoos. There's a lot of kids in our student ministry the past few years who've gotten tattoos, and I feel like everybody blames it on me, and that's probably part of it, but I, I apologize. Um, uh, we were doing a wedding this weekend, Becca and I, Kevin's wedding, the drummer, and uh, they kept introducing me as their pastor. And the people in their families immediately like, like did the arm stare. Like, oh, really? You're a pastor? You have tattoos. Um, it's, it's the life I, I live. Um, the heart behind getting the tattoo surrender was that I realized that I needed to surrender my life to Jesus. Not to find my identity in what this girl thinks about me. One of the reasons the guy didn't want to tattoo it on me because he's like, that's kind of a weird thing to tattoo on yourself. Also, I was tattooing it where I could read it every day facing me, which is upside down in tattoo world. But I wanted a, a simple reminder every day that I need to surrender to Jesus. And surrender doesn't necessarily make sense. To say, I'm going to surrender is like people are like, no, 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 you need to take control of your life. Every book, every podcast, everything you lead is like, take control of your life. You're in charge. Lead yourself. Win. Be the best. Conquer. But it's when we surrender that we find true freedom. And in that freedom, 
We are called to serve others. And serving others is a, a natural expression of freedom for those who follow Jesus. If you are surrendering to Jesus, if you're laying your life before him, your life is naturally going to be inclined to serve others. It's not going to be focused on yourself because you're giving it to Jesus. That's our default setting. It's who God created us to be. We are created to serve. We are created to serve and to love and to be the kind of people who make the world a better and more beautiful place. When Christians are walking around in their schools or their neighborhoods or their cities, there should be a trail of beauty and hope and peace falling behind them because they are seeping Jesus out into the world around them. People should leave a conversation with you feeling like they've been heard and they've been loved and they've experienced true kindness. People should feel like you care about them. Why? Because you love Jesus and your life is surrendered to him and the only right response is to give everything to him. And when you give everything to him, the only right thing to do is to love other people and to serve them and to care about them and to put them before you. And yet, and yet often what I see in my own life and in the life of other Christians that I watch, is that the wake behind them is a wake of, of tears and a wake of pride and a wake of, of damaging other people that they've been in their lives with. And we have, we have to trade that in. We have to lose conformed to this world and say we're going to be transformed by Jesus. Not, and, and, and let me make this so clear, folks. Not because of us, because we get to, to because of Jesus, because of all that he has done for us. He lived and he died and he defeated death so that you and I could be made right with God so that we could give our lives to God and honor him so that we could participate in this new creation that he's about in the kingdom of God. That's a beautiful thing to give our lives to. When we, when we grasp that, when we, when we accept it, when we believe it, when we trust him, we surrender and our lives become transformed so that we can participate in what he's doing. And that is an abundant life, and I want to live that life. And, and so the question becomes, are you willing today, are, are we willing today to, to, to hold our lives up and examine them alongside the truths we find in Scripture? Are we willing to, to, to soak up what this says and what we're getting out of this time and say, how does, how does my actual life line up? with what we're talking about? Are you, are you worshiping Jesus with your whole life in response to what Christ has done for you? That's a good question to ask. Is my whole life an act of worship to Jesus in response to what he's done for me? Are, are you pursuing a life of transformation? Are you giving yourself to that way, these discipleship rhythms? Are you saying, I'm giving my life to this continual transformation of my life instead of being conformed to the culture and the world around me? Are you using the freedom that you have to serve others or to serve yourself? And, and when I do this with my own life, I, I quickly find things that need to be addressed. What about you? Are you, are you willing to go there? Are you willing to, to look that? If so, the next challenge is to take the step of faith to start changing things, to start shifting things. Asking God for help, we go about the difficult task of addressing these things and surrendering ourselves more fully to Jesus. This means carving out time in your schedule today, tonight, tomorrow, this week to say, I need to examine my life and really process this and pray about it and spend time dwelling on it. 
identifying the places that I need to, to make adjustment, adjustments. This means if you're married, you sit down with your spouse and you do this together. This means that if you have kids, you're doing this at breakfast tomorrow morning before the week gets started. How are we surrendering our, our lives to Jesus? How are, we, how are we serving others to help us get in that? The cool thing about this is we're, the, the end goal is, not the end goal, but one of the goals is to serve others. And by serving others, we help ourselves get to the end goal, right? It works together. I'm not trying to, to guilt trip any of you. I'm simply saying that this is the right response to Jesus, that it's worthy of our lives. And that by beginning to build this into our lives, we push back on the rhythms of our culture, some of the bad rhythms that we're in by creating new rhythms. It's just, it's just healthy new cycles that we're creating into our lives. And let's be super practical. You, you, don't, have to, you don't have to change the world this week. One thing I tell our students is big things happen when you serve small. You can start small. You're going you're gonna to encounter in your house this week your parents or your children or your siblings. The t- sometimes the toughest people to practice this on is the people you live with. Your friends, your, your neighbors, your coworkers, your teachers, your, teachers, your, your coaches, the people. What, if, what does it look like to serve those people, those stupid teachers, teenagers, who are giving you all this homework at the beginning of the year? What does it look like to serve them? They're not stupid. The barista at the Starbucks you go to, the, the grocery store person, what does it look like when they're smiling when you leave that register? Because they've encountered Jesus through you. Your pastors, wink, wink. Or guess what? Local organizations who are going to be here in a couple weeks to tell you about what they do so that you can get involved and begin to serve in deeper ways. This is the rhythms that we build into our lives. When who Jesus is and what he has done for us really sinks in, the default setting of our lives becomes complete surrender to him, complete surrender to the way of Jesus. We live the way that he lived. We live the way that he taught us to live. And y'all, that is true freedom. And I want to live free. The life we are created for is a life surrendered to the way of Jesus. Surrender leads to transformation. Transformation leads to freedom. And all of this helps us focus ourselves away from us and on to other people. And if we get that, we are truly living the abundant life, the kingdom life, participating in the work of Jesus in the world around us. That's who I want us to be. Let's pray. Jesus, I confess that there are so many days where my life is surrendered to a lot of things that aren't you and that I I struggle often with my to-do list and my responsibilities. And that seems crazy to be a pastor and to say that. But Lord, I ask that you would help me examine my own life and, and tweak the things and adjust the things and work on saying I'm surrendering to Jesus to be present in the moments that you place me in and to choose to be about others more than I'm about myself. If you, if you would echo that prayer in your own life, that you want to be surrendered to Jesus, that you want to be about others more than you're about, about yourself, would you just say that to the Lord right now? Just Maybe you just want to say the word yes out loud. Yes, I'm there. Jesus, I surrender more to you
Lord, for the, the hearts in this room who are, who are eager to, to give their lives more fully to you, to surrender and to trust you, to, to be about what you're about, would you come alongside them and help them to, to process this, to wrestle with it, and to make changes in their lives, to be more fully committed, to get to that default setting of being about the way of Jesus. And Lord, would you make us a people as we all stir up and we work, would, you, would, you, would we begin to see the effects of your grace and your love being, being poured out of our lives into the world around us? Would our neighbors and our friends and our coworkers and our classmates, would they experience your love and grace through us? In the name of Jesus, Lord, would you use our lives for your kingdom? Jesus, we love you. We surrender to you. Fellowship on Broadway is a worship service at First Baptist Church in downtown Nashville, and we'd love for you to join us on Sundays.